hello there. You're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a Thing Park Podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me, as ever, is Josh. Hello there. How's it going? Oh, you sounded a bit croaky there, Josh. Uh, the hay fever is uh, catching up on sure me, and right? late nights are uh, affecting me. Late but nights? What have you been, what you been doing? Uh, playing Formula One. Playing Formula One. Well, that, that serves you right, quite frankly. That's uh, not a good yeah. enough excuse to be staying up late. So, sympathy from here is low <laughs> for your pr- predicament. But anyway, yes, uh, welcome along, everyone, to episode something or other of the Park Rush podcast. We already had basically started doing the podcast before we'd even pressed record because we were rabbiting on and on about the uh, the, the late-breaking news at this hour, at least uh, so far as Josh was concerned. He was not mm. aware of the fact that Disney cruises are going to be sailing out of the UK Ex- like kind of exclusively for at least a period of time this summer, which I yeah, don't know. Just Do you think the government could try and spin uh, this? Tape? <laughs> yeah, is going to spin this as a Brexit thing? Uh, it's a great that's, that's what I, uh, great result for Brexit. It's it's exactly what we yeah. expected when uh, it was voted for. Yes, absolutely. Let's send the three hundred fifty million quid we send to the EU every week to Disney to get <laughs> them to bring their cruise line to the UK. That's Definitely something I read on a bus at some point. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you had a nicely assembled news list, as ever, Josh, and then I just came steamrolling in like a cruise line, <laughs> frankly, and just just destroyed the news list with this exciting news about about the Disney Cruise Line. I I, I think, actually, this had kind of emerged a little bit this time last week because the... Port of Southampton, I believe, tweeted about it clearly in advance of the planned reveal date from Disney themselves and basically forced Disney to announce it seemingly before they were ready to. But if you missed it, basically, Disney Cruise Line is going to be sailing out of four UK ports for limited two, three and four night cruises Cruises to nowhere, they won't be docking anywhere, uh, but they'll be going from Newcastle, Liverpool, Southampton, and, uh, well, London, Tilbury, which is uh, London, the London there is doing a lot of heavy lifting. It's basically a, a London resort kind of situation there. Tilbury is pretty much directly opposite of where the London yeah. resort is meant to be, just on the other side of the River Thames in Essex. So, yeah, I am not very familiar with the Disney cruises and I've never really been particularly curious about them, to be honest. But, but I can't deny the situation being as it is. This is like the most easily accessible Disney fix you could probably hope to get for at least the next six months as a UK resident, you know, whilst international travel remains uncertain. You can't really ask me. They're not going to build a Disney park here. They've just brought a Disney park here to us on a boat. <laughs> is that basically what this is? Uh, pretty much. That was actually uh, one of the plans, I think, that Michael Eisner had was to build a theme park on a boat, on a ship, and then sail it around the world so everyone could get a uh, Disney World or Disneyland experience. They bring the Disneyland to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, That sounds very ambitious. I mean, there are no rides on a Disney cruise line, correct? I can't go on Splash Mountain. Uh, I think the... Uh, I'm not sure which one is the biggest, but the, some of them have flumes. I know that. So, but Oh, oh like water slides? Yes. Right. Okay. 
Do they just send you off the edge of the boat? That would <laughs> defeat the need for a swimming pool, I suppose. Save a bit of room. I'm not. I can't, unconfirmed. I, I don't think they do, but I, I like the idea of a Disney Cruise Line being hijacked by pirates, like that Captain Phillips film. Well, just they uh, they do do a pirates night on board usually. Oh. All, all guests are uh, expected to dress up as pirates. <laughs> but yeah, are you are you at all tempted by this, Josh? I or, or intrigued, interested? Could you see yourself booking the bookings? Bookings begin in April. We are obviously in April now, but no no bookings available just yet. But presumably in the next week or two. You'll be able to book. Uh, no, and, uh, you're you're not interested. No, um, cruises have never really been something I'm super interested in. I don't know. Just don't like people. I think I think we've covered that on the podcast before. <laughs> um, yeah, but you, there aren't just people here. There are also your favourite Disney characters. I'm seeing Spider Man here. I'm seeing the Beast. I'm seeing Woody and Rex. I'm it's, it's hearing about true. Anna and Elsa. Yeah. Um, I think there there are adult sections of the ship that are adult only, and there's uh, spas and sort of that sort of stuff oh, as well. Like but, the good old days of Disney Springs, where or Downtown Disney, where you had was it Pleasure Island or something? Yes, uh, yeah, which was adults only after I, a certain time. I have heard that uh, the Disney cruises are one of the last places of getting OG Disneyland esque um, levels of Disney authenticity um, and. Huh. Uh, um, like Disney, you know what you what you come to expect from Disney, rather than right, what yes. we generally get today at Disney World, for example. Well, that's because every time like the uh, the cost cutting executives unveil a plan to scale back certain experiences on the cruise lines, the the captain and crew just refuse to dock. Like, <laughs> you can't take a swimming pool out if we don't dock. We're just going to stay out on the water. You can't get to us here. <laughs> well, I mean, as a as a as a fake theme park journalist, Josh, I feel I feel obliged to be interested in in potentially checking this out. I don't know. I just have to find someone to go with me, uh, and my list of prospective companions is very short. So, <laughs> um, I, so I think who the, knows? The ones that they uh, that sell from the US usually sound more. Uh, I mean, obviously, this is a COVID thing, but the ones out of, out of the US that go to like. Castaway Key, which is obviously Disney's own um, space, own uh, island retreat uh, in the Caribbean, or even the ones that go to Alaska sound kind of interesting because they've got interesting aspects to them. Um, sailing around the UK, for me, is not uh, something I'm particularly interested in. No, no. This is all on the proviso of us still living in these weird unprecedented times like yeah. in normal times do i want to get on a disney cruise and sail around the uk aimlessly for four nights no uh having been cooped up in my room for six months uh, <laughs> and and missed two disney holidays had, had two disney holidays stolen from me by coronavirus uh would i be interested in the in these particular set of circumstances yeah yeah actually and i guess i i the main reason this is probably happening, we have to remember, is that the CDC in, the, in America has still not really issued much in the way of guidance for cruises, so that none of those are really happening yet, and there's no, no sign of when they might be able to start again. And, the implication uh, here, I suppose, is that the UK government is going to be comfortable with this kind of thing going ahead, so like, especially because it doesn't technically constitute any inter international travel, so as long as they are sticking to 
the UK government guidance, which I think based on what you do on a cruise like this, it's going to be the indoor hospitality guidance that they're going to need to follow most closely. That's going to be what's most specific to Disney yeah. in this case. And that's the 17th of May is when indoor hospitality can reopen and indoor entertainment, albeit with capacity caps and things like that. So I'd imagine that those are the kinds of things Disney will have to adhere to. And that's probably when we can expect these cruises to potentially start opening up is um, late May, maybe June, I would suggest. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, and I think, I, I'm not, obviously we don't really know, we don't know if it's going to be just the one ship that's here or, I'd imagine it is, I imagine it's just uh, the Disney Magic, which is the original um, ship, which is currently docked at Dover. Um, I imagine they'll be doing a, going from Dover then to Tilbury and then to Newcastle and from there they'd have to go all the way around Scotland to get to Liverpool, so I don't know. That seems like quite a journey. Another thing I want to know about it is that once you're on board, does it feel like you're in a in a US Disney park to all intents and purposes, or is it some weird British knockoff? Like are all the crew <laughs> gonna be British or you know you know what I mean? Like is it gonna you're gonna feel like you've stepped into Florida or California as soon as you're on board? Are all the crew American and all these, you know, smiley happy go lucky cast members I or is it you know it. temps that temporary uni students from southampton <laughs> who just want a summer job the, uh, the bush gardens experience to, the bush gardens experience well yeah well i guess it would be the thought park kind yeah. of experience yeah that's 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 also what i'm morbidly curious about like will it feel truly authentic to disney or will it I, feel a bit I don't think like, they like purely like hire experience. Americans for these ships. No, no, I like, guess that wouldn't really make sense. I've known quite a number Ooh. of people over the years that have been on ships doing, you know, being um, hosts or performers or that sort of thing. So they take a variety of people from all around the world. Okay. Well, you know, like I say, I'm more curious about this than I would be at any other point in my life, frankly. You know, the circumstances dictate that this is something that sounds somewhat appealing. So, yeah, I will certainly keep an eye on when these dates are released and, you know, how much it's, it is and that kind of thing, and that will probably inform whether I decide to press ahead with a potential Disney cruise. I think this is, you know, the one time I would be interested in doing such a thing. But, yeah, there yeah. we are. Nothing, Not something I ever expected to be talking about, frankly. A, <laughs> getting on a... Disney cruise to nowhere from a port up the road from where we live. <laughs> anyway, that's the uh, Disney Cruise Line coming to the UK. Who would have thought? Uh, I guess in more traditional theme park news, we can cross to California where theme parks have started to reopen. They've been allowed to reopen from the 1st of April. So uh, a couple have gone early. Legoland, California, Six Flags, Magic Mountain, of course, Josh, made famous by that film. Yep. Uh, three ninjas uh, at magic magic mountain yeah is that does that film make you want to visit that particular theme park um yeah I, it's always been something that's on my list as a park that i would like to go to because of that film it's you know i think after don't want to downplay uh, or discredit any of the theme parks that have gone early in california but of course everyone's waiting most avidly for universal and disney Interestingly enough, SeaWorld is not one of the ones that have gone early, even though they've been allowed to reopen as a zoo for a little while. You might have thought that would give them the, 
the platform to be like, oh, okay, great. Yeah, we can go straight into theme park mode from 1st of April, but they have not, and they haven't even said when they will. Whereas Disney, of course, we've known for a, for a little while will be reopening on the 30th of April. And we also found out this week that Universal Studios Hollywood is going to reopen on the 16th of April. So they will be going before Disney, just like they did in Florida, which I guess, Josh, is uh, what we expected, even though they announced they announced their op- reopening later, but they are, in fact, reopening earlier. Y- yes, classic. And, yeah, and you can start booking tickets for Universal from the 8th of April. You have to purchase a date-specific ticket, and you have to be also a California resident. Uh, annual pass holders will be offered a series of bonus days, the first of which will be a preview day on the 15th of April, the day before the park reopens in full. But obviously there are going to be capacity caps, there are going to be uh, requirements for masks and that sort of thing. But I guess actually, unless I'm forgetting one, to me, and I don't know if you agree, Universal Studios Hollywood is in some ways the most exciting park reopening to date throughout this whole pandemic because they're reopening with two brand new rides uh yeah like, to an extent i mean jurassic park is a is a re-theme uh, to jurassic world uh, but the secret life of pets off the leash as well both of those will be opening with the park on reopening day which is cool because we've seen other examples of theme parks that have reopened since all this started and for whatever reason have not reopened or opened new attractions that have been in the works for a long time day in date they have pushed them back for whatever reason you know yeah. like ratatouille is a good example uh, that from what we understood was very close to being ready has been ready for quite some time but despite epcot having reopened last summer uh, ratatouille won't be opening until october of this year uh, i feel like there have been other examples as well i mean avengers campus is not going to open with disneyland at the end of this month Can you so that's another it? one but uh, but Universal going going big with their reopening, so go big be or go exciting home, right? for the for the people that that do go. Uh, I feel like we've seen a lot of this Jurassic World ride already. Am I right in thinking that it did open and then did, yeah. it, did it close again for them to do more to it? Uh, yes, so it did open, uh, but it didn't have some of the elements that they wanted in it. So they shut it just before COVID, and then obviously it would have been shut for COVID anyway. And they've managed to add those. Uh, remaining scenes in to the ride so it's fully fledged now exactly how they want it it's weird that they so if covid had never happened would that would, was the plan to shut the ride again it was already shut before covid to... happened oh i see yeah. it just feels weird for them to have even opened it when it apparently wasn't ready yeah it's, <laughs> you're not wrong but you know i guess get two big periods of hype you know two big marketing drives for opening the same ride twice might as well. It's an interesting strategy, but I guess it seems to have worked. I think they've probably been helped in a way, building up anticipation for it, by having to be shut for the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see both of those in action. They've been hyping up the final scene of that Jurassic World ride, in particular when the T-Rex faces off with the... What's the one? What is he called again? The, uh, mutant? the in- Indominus Rex. Indominus Rex. I hate that film so much. Hey, but the uh, really the lion in Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom is real. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't even remember the lion in that film, and I also don't remember why you brought that up randomly um, the other day. 
I was watching uh, Ross Kemp on Britain's Tiger Kings, which is um, Channel 4's attempt to cash in on the Tiger King phenomena from last season, uh, from last year. And it turns out that people in the UK own big cats, and it's quite easy to, to get a license to own them. Um, and one guy owns some big cats that he then uses for adverts and films and that sort of thing. So the lion that he owns was in Jurassic Park Forward and Kingdom, as an example. He owns a Jaguar that was in the Jaguar advert with um, Tom Hiddleston. Um, I don't know if you remember that one. He's in a helicopter I at do. one point. Yes. Um, <laughs> so that was a real Jaguar in that vid- advert. Well, uh, fair enough. Speaking of big cats, Josh, that's a nice segue you've just provided me with. As always. Black Panther. Uh, People yes. think they've spotted it by virtue of, you know, the big the big panther statue in Wakanda that I think you first see in the post credit scene of Civil War, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and Captain America is dropping, dropped Bucky off in Wakanda to get, you know, uh, to lay low. And then the camera swings round and it's... You see the big panther statue, uh, and it's kind of setting up the Black Panther film. Yes, yeah, well, it's like the bells. entranceway, right? So it's like a yeah, I think so. Into uh, Wakanda. We spoke last week about these big Disneyland forward plans, which Disney announced and revealed last week, which was uh, to expand Disneyland California and California Adventure. And people have been honing in on some of the uh, uh, it's kind of the the, the 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 planning graphics, the um, the top down. You know, quite stripped down, stripped bare, but seemingly still detailed enough uh, overhead plans of what the the lands might look like. Yeah, and people think they've spotted the shape of the big panther from Wakanda, and therefore uh, are feeling like Wakanda could be part of this. Wakanda was not mentioned by Disney. Uh, when they announced the Disneyland Forward expansion, they did talk about some other IP like Frozen. I think got mentioned. But despite the fact that, of course, Avengers Campus is uh, almost ready to go, it seems like they're not taking their foot off the pedals. So what's going on, Josh? You sent me this story. What's going yeah. on? Um, so if you do look at the top-down um, map in a... It's sort of like a... In the middle or left of the top-down, uh, you can see a structure, as it were, a rock work that looks a bit like... Um, the top of the panther with his his head and then his uh, front right paw sticking out like in the film um, and it looks near identical uh, if you were to take a top down of that in the film it looks identical to this uh, top down image of the park expansion um, looks like there's a lake area out in front of it as well and it looks like it is the entrance to a big show building behind which would be I guess some sort of black panther Wakanda themed indoor attraction. It's interesting because when we were first hearing about Avengers Campus, the kind of e-ticket attraction that was not going to be ready for when it opened, but was kind of thought of as being a kind of part of a phase two, was this, I, I guess it would make, would have made most sense for it to be a simulator ride, but it seemed like it was going to kind of take you probably in a Quinjet through various battle scenes from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. I think Wakanda was considered to be somewhere that you would almost certainly end up on that ride. You know, you think of some of the big battle scenes from that have taken place in Wakanda. So maybe that, maybe that's moving over here. Maybe some of those ideas are going to be part Could of a well potential be, yeah. Wakanda place. Wakanda. I think it's cool because 
you know, I'm excited to see what these Avengers rides look like, these Marvel rides look like that Disney are working on. But I do think that basing the land, and I know that you know, there's some narrative behind the decision to uh, base the land on the, you know, like an Avengers campus, because the idea is that the Avengers, with their celebrity status, tying it in with how they're presented in the films, are kind of having fans over for a day, like a day trip. Yeah. I think that does make sense. And actually, it's a similar setup for the um, opening of that Avengers game that came out last year, which wasn't very good. But one of the probably the only thing about it that I liked was the story. And it, uh, kind of the chain of events kicks off with uh, a, a fan event, basically, that's taking place at a new Avengers campus that they've opened on the uh, on the uh, on the West Coast. Like, you know, it gets attacked. All hell breaks loose. But the Classic. setup is that, yeah, the Avengers regularly hold these kind of fan events where people can come to their headquarters and kind of look around and meet the meet the heroes and all that kind of stuff. So I guess they're kind of going for a similar approach with this. But I don't think that the architecture and that kind of thing is all that particularly interesting. And so I think basing a land around Wakanda would give like the Imagineering team a bit more scope to be creative and come up with something a bit more visually striking than just these kind of generic future military-looking installations, which is a lot of what the Avengers campus stuff yeah. kind of looks like to me. So, uh, in the films, it's you know it's a fault of the films as much as it is of the theme parks. But I think Wakanda would just make for a cooler theme park land to explore. Yes, especially the Avengers campus stuff is very much, I guess, Western modern futuristic architecture. Whereas Wakanda, even though it's still a modern fu- futuristic uh, city or uh, country, is based on uh, obviously African heritage and traditions and themes. So. It's got a very different art style to what you'd expect from an Avengers campus. So it would be really cool to see a lot of that stuff going on. Yeah, definitely. It's worth pointing out if you want to see what we've been talking about in terms of these like top-down overhead views. Uh, the person who spotted or thinks they've spotted Wakanda is uh, Frederick Chambers on Twitter. Um, and uh, the uh, planetattractions.com have done a write-up based on what he thinks he has seen. So, yeah, I mean, they've... Disney have been quite bullish about the size of this expansion. If people didn't listen last week, it's it's claiming to be uh, an expansion for both Disneyland and California Adventure, but but kind of over the road in yeah. a way, like slightly detached from those parks as they are right now. Uh, we compared it somewhat in jest to how London Zoo works. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when you go to London Zoo, there is a whole other section to London Zoo, which is on the other side of the of the road so you go in on the main entrance and then you effectively loop back around and go through this kind of little tunnel that goes under the road uh, and up the other side and you yeah. reach this other area of the zoo and whether or not it'll work like something like that at disney i i don't i don't know um i did listen i did listen to um another podcast this week uh, where they were you know they they were so taken aback i guess by the scale of this expansion that they actually thought maybe this is just going to be a third gate and it's just easier like it's it's kind of more of a technicality at the moment that it's being described as an expansion because uh, i don't know maybe it makes it more palatable to it, it's a weird, local it's authorities a really, it's a really weird structure as a third gate yeah i don't necessarily agree with that but i, th- I think it just spoke more to the fact that they even thought that could be what it is just mm. speaks to the size of it 
Yeah. Like, it's a big expansion, if that's what um, it is. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, so, like, the so in the, like, California Adventure section, so the expansions will have their own, seemingly have its own, like, entrance way as well, like a second entrance. Kind of like how Epcot has two entrance entrances. Um, and Wakanda is the first thing you'd see as you came through the gate uh, and is also viewable from the Disneyland Hotel, which is really cool. Um, mm. Enticing into the park. And it looks... Uh, the California Adventure Park is more filled out in terms of the picture. So you, it looks like you've got... Um, I think... I'm, I saw this somewhere, but it looks a bit like there might be Avatar being added here as well. Oh, um, wow. So it'd be like the greatest, greatest hits of the big recent projects from elsewhere. Yes. And then I think the other area that someone said, I think I said, I said, uh, I think I said Moana, but someone has said it's like um, the Disney Plus film that came out. Oh, what is it? It's got like dragons in it, I think. Um, oh, is that Raya, Raya and Raya. the Last Dragon? Yes. Or Raya and the Last Dragon. Raya, Raya yeah. and the Last Dragon. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I, I want to see it. I've heard really good things. I just, I think if we, it came out just like in a point at a point in lockdown where I was like, oh, I'd be quite keen to watch a brand new film, but just also close enough to, uh, if I wait two more months, three more months, the cinemas will have reopened, and it's the type of thing that they might cut a deal with Disney to get that in cinemas early doors. Yeah, you know, as like the first opportunity to see it in a cinema in the UK at least. You know, they're going to be short of new films when the cinemas reopen here on the 17th of may they'll probably be mostly relying on old stuff like they did last summer but this time at least they have the promise of new films coming along a lot quicker than they did last year when everything was still very uncertain but um yeah some of the films that have gone direct to streaming over the last couple months you would think would still be considered new enough to go into the cinema and be worth a cinema run so that Kong v Godzilla will probably go into the cinemas in May as well. So I'm going to wait for that, I think. I'd like to see it in the cinema rather than pay 20, 20 quid to watch it at home. Uh, yeah, I would agree. It's interesting. Just um, back on the theme park real quick. Uh, the California Adventure, like I said, looks really filled out. The um, Disneyland air extension is really hard to decipher anything going on. It, the middle section looks kind of like um, the Big Thunder that's at uh, Paris. Because obviously it's in the oh, middle yeah. of the, Out on the island. waterway. Yeah. Um, but then it also mm. looks like it's got seating area, like kind of like a phantasmic or something like that. So I don't know um, what's going on there. Yeah, don't know. But um, it's exciting. Uh, I'm yeah. pleased. I'm pleased that the theme park industry at the top level certainly seems to be taking an approach of we're going to spend our way out of this crisis like i don't think that's ever been in doubt well i guess it was partly in doubt for universal even as well because we weren't quite sure whether they were gonna go ahead with epic universe after all and it was a a relief when they reconfirmed it a few weeks ago Mm. but i think disney were doing more cutting and scaling back than universal were generally over the course of the last year and so i was a bit unsure of the direction they were going but fair play this Disneyland stuff is big news and yeah just hopefully they are similarly bullish about about Florida as well where I think they've always felt uh, maybe a bit more overconfident a bit more safe in their ways there but I think the with with the third universal gate confirmed and they're constantly adding to Islands of Adventure and Universal already uh, hopefully that will keep them on their toes there as well and we won't and we'll see stuff like Tron get back on track and guardians won't be another like five years of waiting 
and the Epcot plans that were so exciting when they were first unveiled a couple of years ago will actually come to fruition and not be booted to the curb as they may have been if Universal hadn't been so bullish about their own plans. Yeah, for sure. Just a uh, whistle-stop tour, I guess, of some COVID-related news. I guess the most significant, not just for theme parks, but for the US in general, is that people who are fully vaccinated can now travel within the US, like freely, the uh, CDC has said. And the CDC generally, I know we were saying earlier, they haven't, like, cruises are one thing where maybe they've got a bit of a blind spot. But I think, you know, blimmin' cruises, I know it's important for the industry and you don't want to, don't want any one industry to be feel like they've been forgotten about, but it's probably low on people's priority lists right now. You know, people just want to travel and see their friends and families at yeah. this point. But the CDC are being way more liberal about this than, than we are here, for example. So the CDC are, like, explicitly saying, like, yeah, you know, you can meet up with people who are fully vaccinated, you know, like, why wouldn't you be able to? Whereas here... We're still not at that stage. Like everyone is following exactly the same rules, whether you've been vaccinated or not. And I must admit, whilst I can kind of see the argument of what's well, almost unfair on the people who haven't been vaccinated, if the people that have been are free to go about life more than they are, especially when you consider that because we're doing vaccinations by age, it's it's no one's fault if they haven't been vaccinated yet. Like I'm sure there are loads of people who are 20 at 21 who are desperate to get vaccinated and yeah. just aren't being vaccinated till june because that's the way we're going about it and i think we're doing it right but it does mean that if you were to let fully vaccinated people do stuff uh, you might feel like you're screwing over young people a bit yeah but it's, it's US, hard to uh, um manage right because then someone mm-hmm. then just pretends that they have the vi- the vaccine already oh yeah yeah i, I just yeah, I mean, I do hope, though, that we do eventually get to a point where once you have been vaccinated, you can, to all intents and purposes, go back to normal. Because otherwise, you know, what is the point? What are we actually working towards here? And yeah, that's um, that's yeah. the approach we're good. they're going with in the US. You know, if you've been fully vaccinated, yeah, of course, go and meet your friends, go meet your family, which is yep. encouraging, I think. I think that shows there really is light at the end of the tunnel because their strategy before they've even vaccinated everybody is... Yeah, if you're vaccinated, do what you like, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's hard to keep Americans down anyway. Um, they will do what they mm. like a lot of the time. Yeah. As, as will everyone, uh, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, the rules around international travel are a bit tighter. So even if you're fully vaccinated and you're traveling in or out of the US, you still need to be tested as well for COVID when you uh, uh, arrive uh, in the US. Uh, you, but you won't need to self-quarantine. Uh, by default which uh, is a slight change you'll obviously still have to wear a mask and wash your hands regularly and all that kind of stuff social distance as well but i guess encouraging as well for people who are hoping to travel to the us from abroad at some point in the not too distant future that that this is kind of what you might be able to expect Uh, it's probably more down at this point to what your own country's policies are around international travel. It feels like the US is quite keen to to open up again so long as you have been vaccinated. Yeah. I think in the UK, we are meant to be hearing more about the plans for international travel on uh, Easter Monday. So uh, as this goes out, it will be tomorrow. Oh, so we'll be able to talk more about that next week on next week's podcast. We should have a clearer idea of when it might actually be legal to go to Disney World from the UK. Uh, and in other COVID news, Disney World are paying cast members to go and get vaccinated, basically. They'll basically give you four hours of paid leave, essentially, to go and get your shot on uh, staff time. 
So that's cool. Yeah, I think it's a good incentive. And the incentive ultimately is they want you to go to work, but I'm sure it will be nice for uh, uh, for for people to know that they can go and get the vaccine and not feel like they have to take time off work or whatever, which would be a messed up situation. So yeah, exactly. There you go. That's um, good news. I think all firms over here, at least, are sort of if, if they're a decent company are going hey you know if if you're booked in for your vaccine during the week then go nuts sort of thing like take that time paid to go get the vaccine but yeah it's good to see that they're offering this uh incentive because it it doesn't take four hours to get the vaccine obviously so four hours of pay is um i think is a good good little bump there yeah and and i I wonder if that if they'll give you Will they give you paid leave if you have to take a day off for example as a result of getting the vaccine like some people have some people have fairly strong side effects, you know, ultimately it's probably just going to be like you've got bad flu, but it can knock some people out and they'll feel like they just want to kind of lay in bed for a day or two. I wonder if there's any going to be any allowance for that at all. Because um, it's, a, it's an extension it. of getting the vaccine, essentially. It is America, so I doubt it. Um, yeah. but I guess it depends on what their contract stipulates, right? Because they're, they're in a union, I believe, a lot of them. So it depends. Yes, on... and it's as a result of being part of a union that I think they've managed to uh, strike this deal on the vaccine. Yeah, for sure. Uh, final news item is a follow-up to what we talked about last week with the uh, Magic Mobile service coming to Disney World, which will just essentially allow you to uh, replicate the functionality of a Magic Band on your iPhone or your Apple Watch. You'll be able to tap into the parks with uh, an equivalent of your ticket in your Apple Wallet. Uh, pay for stuff in the parks, that kind of thing, do your fast passes, all that jazz. And uh, it's now gone live. And I guess uh, a a technicality, but something we had wondered about last week was, oh, is will your phone be smart enough to know when you are h- holding your device over a magic band reader and essentially read it automatically without you needing to like verify it with your face ID or whatever, uh, much like it works on public transport here in the UK on the tube in London specifically, and I'm sure elsewhere in the world as well. And uh, it will do that. So you will just be able to hold your phone over a magic band reader and it will buzz you through because it knows, hey, if you're holding your phone over a magic band reader, chances are you want it to read your magic band. So there you go. It's good news. Great news. Exactly how uh, we hoped it would work. And it's great to see that confirmation there. Yes, absolutely. Still no word on Android, though. I mean, obviously, you know, the US, more than most countries, I believe the uh, market share is, is is tilted in Apple's favour. But there are yeah. there will, of course, be uh, millions upon millions of people who go to a, a Disney World every year, certainly in more normal times, who do have Android phones. And so it would be useful uh, for them to roll that out as quickly as possible. But uh, no word on yeah. that yet. The Android ecosystem is a lot... It's a lot harder to deal with in this scenario. Certainly, with you know, the uh, watch the setup is a complete mess in comparison to Apple Watch. Are you using a Samsung wallet on your Samsung phone, or are you using a Google wallet, or it's all a bit of a mess. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, something that hopefully they do manage to sort out. I wouldn't be surprised if it is compromised in some way but hopefully at least the baseline functionality will be something they can work out in the not too distant future it might not be quite as seamless as with the apple stuff but we'll see anyway that's everything i think yeah unless you've got anything more josh uh i think that's it that's all i got that's all she wrote 
Excellent. We are one week closer to our grand return to theme parks. Next week's episode will be the last one before UK theme parks are allowed to reopen. So that's very exciting. And then the following week will be the last episode before our return to a theme park. So only a couple of weeks now before we are heading off to Thorpe Park. And of course, we'll come back with a report on our travels. And then a few weeks after that, off to Alton Towers, and we'll do the same thing there. And a few weeks after that, of course, we're heading to Tilbury to catch a Disney cruise. <laughs> and we'll have a full report on that as well. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow the show on Twitter at Parkrush Podcast. You can uh, email the show, podcast at parkrush.com. You can find uh, the show notes each week at joshualawrence.info. And you can, of course, subscribe on your preferred podcasting app or find us at parkrush.com if that's what you prefer. Take it easy, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.